Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. So we've been doing a series called At the Movies uh, where we take movies that have come out within the last year or so and we look at the different truths that are in those movies. Now, those of you watching online, I apologize. I can't share clips of the movies that we show in here online. Uh, you can hear them, but we don't have the copyright license to do that. We do have the one to do inside the sanctuary, but not to publish it online. Uh, today's movie might be a little scary to some of you if you don't like dinosaurs. Uh, we're going to talk about Jurassic World Dominion. This is the last movie of a six-movie set that has come out. It's two trilogies that go together that have one overarching story. I love these movies because I love dinosaurs, and there's motorcycles in the movie, so my two favorite things, dinosaurs and motorcycles, come together. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, but this movie series has been going since 1993, if you can wrap your head around that. Over, almost 30 years ago, the first movie came out, and the movies have all had kind of one overarching theme where mankind tried to play God. Um, so just to kind of quickly recap what happened in these movies is uh, the 1993 movie, someone found uh, an insect and trapped in amber in a fossil, and they were able to extract dinosaur DNA. It was a mosquito to suck dinosaur blood, and they put the DNA together with other things, and they made dinosaurs. Now, can you imagine what would happen if you let dinosaurs loose in the world? Well, you don't have to because the movies show you what happens, right? That's what kind of the whole thing of the movies has been, the unintended consequences of man trying to overstep his bounds. Uh, and so overall, through these movies, it's been man uh, trying to kind of fighting with God for control. Now, if you have your Bible, Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2, if you have the Version Bible app, the notes are all in there. Psalm 24, 1 says this, the earth is whose? The Lord's and everything in it. Pause. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people, belong to him. Right? For he laid the earth's foundations and the sea on the seas, and he built it on the ocean depths. He created this whole world, and all the world belongs to him. Right? So what David is saying here is that God created this whole deal, and it's all his. Not just the world, but everything inside the world, everything contained in the world, belongs to him. Now, have you guys ever worked a job where you had two bosses? You ever had co-managers or multiple managers or any of that? How does that work? <laughs> it used to drive me crazy when I worked retail, because I'd have one manager say, okay, I want you to go in and do this. And then he would get off, and another boss would come in and said, why are you doing that? I said, well, he told me to do that. No, 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 I want you to do this. So it's kind of those, <sighs> so you take it apart, you put it, the next day the other boss comes in, why did you do that? I told you to do this. And I say, get together, talk. <laughs> I can't serve both of you. I can't, you know, Jesus talked about this, you can't serve both masters, right? Um, and so that's kind of what Jurassic World is about, Jurassic Park and then Jurassic World. It's all about the world trying to kind of usurp God's authority, and how that works out. And so this last one that we're going to look at today is called Jurassic World Dominion. Dominion means rule. It means 
the ruler of something. To have dominion is to have ownership and to have rule of something. So uh, basically, you know, in the first movie, this guy built this perfect world, this perfect park, where everything was kind of living, kind of, kind of living in harmony. And then he brought all these special people to this park as guests, this special world. And then a serpent got loose and overstepped its bounds, and chaos ensued. What does that kind of sound like? Kind of sounds like the Garden of Eden, doesn't it? He was even a serpent with legs, which, you know, Satan may have had, because then, you know, when the Lord cursed Satan, he said, you're going to lay in your belly, so it could have been a lizard. Who knows? Or a dinosaur. But... So this is kind of what happened. So I'm going to show you the trailer of this movie to kind of show you what it is now. There are a couple scenes in the movie uh, that are a little, there's no gruesome parts, but there are a couple little scares. So if you're squeamish, you might cover your eyes. Um, but all right, here we go. So you haven't seen it, it's a pretty exciting movie, if you like dinosaurs. Um, my wife's not always a huge fan of these, but she watches them just to watch it with me. 
So kind of the theme of this movie is who's really in charge. And as you saw in the clips there, mankind and dinosaurs are trying to coexist. They're trying to kind of live together in this forced harmony. And the question this movie asks throughout this movie and actually throughout the series is who's really in charge? Um, and so what do we learn from this? Well, guys, if we really bring this down to our level Throughout history, we see that mankind has always fought against God's dominion. Isn't that really what it's all about? What sin has always been about? Who's in charge? All the way back to the Garden of Eden, we see mankind lived in complete harmony with God, in complete harmony with the created world, all the way back in the very beginning. We see that in Scripture, we don't see dinosaur or dinosaurs. We don't see animals, which dinosaurs were probably a part, if the creation scientists tell us. We don't see other animals eating other animals until after the global flood. Because in the garden, we lived in complete harmony, right? But then something happened in the garden. Do you remember this? Man was tempted to become like God by usurping his dominion. When Satan, when the, the serpent came to Eve in the garden, what did he tempt her with? Knowledge. Remember, God put Adam and Eve in the garden. He created this whole world. Man was able to name all the, the animals. And it said that he, mankind had dominion over all the creatures. And God said, just don't eat of this tree. This one tree. You can have anything else. Don't eat of this one tree. And the serpent came and he tempted them. In Genesis chapter 3, it said, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees? Now, what was he doing? He was twisting God's word, wasn't he? God said, you can eat anything but this one. He said, did he say you couldn't eat any of them? And she said, well, of course we can eat fruit from the tree. She said, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it, or if you do, you'll die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. Listen to this. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. <laughs> it didn't take long, did it? She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her. He was there. We always blame Eve. He was right there, too. He could have just stepped on the serpent and been done with it. But he didn't. And he ate it, too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. What did the serpent tempt Eve with? Knowledge, which was what? Power. You can be just like God if you eat this. You can be like him. You can kind of become even with him. And since that moment, guys, we have been in a constant struggle to control our lives. Mankind has always struggled with God's control. We see it throughout Scripture. We see it throughout history. Because we always want to be what? In charge. And when people get married, what's the fight? Who's going to be the boss, right? I mean, and we see this. We see this in families. As, as kids become teenagers, what is it? There's always a control or struggle for control, right? You ever hear that? You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you ever see that? So it's this struggle, guys, and it's inherent in our sinful nature. We always want to be in control. And guys, this has been it all throughout history. We see... In Judges chapter 17, the, the theme of the book of Judges was this. In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. 
we see the nation of Israel. God was supposed to be the king of the nation of Israel. And throughout the book of Judges, throughout their history, everybody wanted to do whatever they wanted to do. And so God would send a nation in to punish them. And then they would say, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I, I shouldn't have done that. And then he would deliver them. And then what would happen? Right back in the same cycle. How many of us have seen that in our own lives? We surrender ourselves to the Lord. We say, Lord, I want you to be the, the Lord of my life. I want you to be in control. And then what do we do? We pull it back because we want to be in control. This is our theme. And that's what these movies try to teach us in their own million-dollar way, right? They, we try to teach us, and we see this in our own lives. So, And here's the deal, guys. When mankind tries to take control, there are always consequences. When we try to take control of our lives, when we try to run our lives, there are always consequences. And it's funny because a lot of times we call these unintended consequences, right? Well, I really didn't want that. I didn't want this. And guys, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in others. They'll come in and they'll say, Pastor, my life is falling apart. So well, let's, let's trace it back. Where did it start falling apart? Well, when I took back control from the Lord. Well, yep, that, that's what it is. And I've seen it in our own lives. I can't tell you how many times I have to go and like, Lord, I am so sorry. I've been trying to do this my own way, right? I've been trying to do this myself with my own power. So there's this guy within these movies. His name is Ian Malcolm. He's this guy. He has this theory about chaos that he loves to, to espouse all from the very first. He's been in all, I mean, almost all the movies from 1993 on. And he's the one that says, they're always got to be bigger. Well, he gives this speech to this group, and I don't agree with everything he says in here, but he drops a really important point here. I want you to hear this. So you can cut it there. I love the line where he says, unintended consequences always happen, and we always act surprised. <laughs> How many times have we done this in our own lives? We feel convicted about something. I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then we experience consequences, and what do we do? We get mad at God. We get upset with him. 
when consequences happen from our own decisions. And there's a lot in there that we don't agree with. There's a lot of evolutionary theory in, the, in that speech that we don't agree with. But I do love that he says, we don't know what's going to happen, but we press the button anyway, and then we act surprised when there are consequences. And so many times in our own lives, we make horrible choices, and we say, I'm surprised. And we do this in movies, don't we? How many times have you watched a movie, and we see a bad choice coming, we can see the consequences. Don't open that door, <laughs> Right? Don't do that because there's a bad guy waiting on the other side of the door. Or, you know, when the camera comes in really close and you say, there's going to be a dinosaur right outside our vision, right? And we see it. And we cover our eyes. But we know there's a commercial on, and if you guys think it's an insurance commercial, and these kids running from a chainsaw guy, and they said, why don't we just get in the running car and said, no, let's go hide behind all the chainsaws. Yeah, it's a great idea, right? But we, see, we do the same thing in our own lives. God is in charge, and things are going well. And yes, we're going to have trouble when we follow Jesus. He said that. But things go well, and then we decide to pull control back. And then we're surprised when we experience the consequence. And so when we try to control our own lives, guys, we often suffer unforeseen consequences. We suffer these things. It happens over and over again. The Israelites saw this as a nation. And, they, and then, you know, after the book of Judges, then they said, well, we want a king like everybody else. And here's the funny thing. God told me, if you have a king, this is exactly what's going to happen. He's going to take your kids. He's going to put them in military. He's going to take your land. He's going to charge you tons and tons of taxes. And they said, we want it anyway. And guys, so many times in our own lives, we do this. God says, I want to give you freedom. I want to bless you. Just follow me. But then we, again, we fight for control all the time. It's just back and forth all the time. We want to control we want to control our own lives. We want to control the people around us, right? We want to control our situations. And it's, it's just been this constant thing in our lives. And so here's the thing. When we try to control our own lives, we tend to put God in the back seat. We want to still have him and we run to him when things go bad, but we don't want to follow him. We don't want to surrender to him every day. Like, and like our Sunday school lesson this morning, what did Jesus say? We have to take up our cross daily and follow him what does take up your cross mean it means i have to surrender daily and guys i'm the king of this i'm a i'm a, a routine person i like things to be in order i like things to be in control i like to have my own way and i have to surrender all the time lord i'm sorry you know i want to plan my future i want to plan my day i want to plan these things if if you look i have a calendar with everything written on it you know i have to do lists i've learned that from my wife i have to do lists I have to have, you know, and then interruptions happen. I was like, oh, right? But interruptions are often when God does something. Interruptions are opportunities that God brings into our lives. So we have to be careful. We have to be so careful in our own lives to make sure that we're surrendering every single day. Every single day. Because every time we make a bad choice. Every time we make things, there are consequences, and we can ask for forgiveness, right? We say, Lord, I'm sorry for that, and he forgives us, but oftentimes there are still consequences that follow us. And so, how many times, how many of you guys have ever felt like you're being chased by consequences? You ever feel like that way? Like, okay, I'm getting my life straight, and here comes this consequence chasing us down, right? It happens. Guys, it happens, but to really, to have true peace we have to submit to the Lord's rule. And this is, 
this is Christianity 101. If I want to follow Jesus, if I want to be blessed, if I want to follow his plan for our lives, for my life, I have to submit daily. And here's the thing, guys, we often say, I want Jesus on my side. And the Israelites did this. God gave them the promised land. And I love, love, love this passage in Joshua chapter 5. He's going to show it on the screen here. Joshua chapter 5, the Israelites are going into the promised land. Oh, I may not have put it on the screen, but I didn't. I apologize. So, yeah, here we go. So when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, the Israelites are taking the promised land, right? They cross the Jordan River. The very first thing they come to is Jericho, this city with these huge, huge walls and fortified gates. It says he looked up. He was near the town of Jericho. He looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand. What does it mean if you have your sword in your hand? You're ready to fight. I'm ready to go. Let's rock. Let's do this, right? So he's got a sword in his hand. Joshua went up and he said, are you friend or foe? In other words, are you for us or for our enemies? And what did he say? Neither one. He said, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell down with his face to the ground. He said, I'm at your command. What do you want your servant to do? So we know as we look in Scripture um, that the man tells him take off his shoes. When somebody says take off your shoes, you're on holy ground, that was, we call it a theophany. That was God showing up in human form. So this was the Lord standing there talking to him. And he said, are you on our side or their side? And he said, what? Neither. Whose side is God on? He's on his side. God has an agenda. God has a purpose. And if we want our lives to go, well, we have to fall in line with his purpose. We have to fall in there. We have to surrender. And so throughout these movies, their logo, if you ever notice it, is a T-Rex, uh, like a fossil, outlined. Why do they always have the T-Rex? Because he was the king of dinosaurs, right? That's what Tyrannosaurus Rex means. It means like king of the dinosaurs. Rex means king in Latin. And so I know, right? That's pretty cool. <laughs> Just happens to be my name. Uh, but so this T-Rex was the king. And throughout these movies, if you watch, I don't want to spoil anything for you. But at the end of all these movies, there's always a fight scene with the T-Rex. And the T-Rex always comes through. Because he was what? The alpha predator. He was the king of the dinosaurs. And that was kind of their showing there's a natural order. There can only be one king, right, in a kingdom. That's why we say Christians can't be possessed by a demon because there can only be one king. And if Jesus is king in your life, Satan doesn't have any room to come in. And so, guys, when we, to have true peace, we have to submit to the Lord's rule. And here's the deal, guys. We often try to force our will into God's plan. We often try to make our plan fit into his plan instead of surrendering our will to his I'm always trying to say, okay, God, I want to do this, and I'm going to, you know, just going to squeeze this into your plan here. And he says, no, just surrender. Just let it go. And we do this with our kids sometimes, don't we? We say, just listen to what I'm telling you. Just trust me, right? I've been there. I've seen this road. I've seen where this goes. Just listen. But a lot of times they want experience on their own. And we do the same thing to Jesus. Well, Lord, I, I want your perfect plan for my life, but I want to do it my way. <laughs> No, it doesn't work. You have to submit. You have to trust that his plan is better. And when we do these things, chaos ensues. I'll show you a little clip here. Um, this is, it might be a little intense, but it's a really cool scene. All right. And I'll tell you why I'm showing it here in a moment.
All right. You can go ahead and cut it there. See. <laughs> so throughout this series, guys, throughout all these Jurassic Park movie series, raptors have kind of been, those little dinosaurs are called velociraptors, those have kind of been the consequences. It's always kind of been, they've embodied the consequences. This is what happens when you genetically engineer. And these things, they just don't give up. Have you noticed? They just keep running and keep chasing. And some of these movies, they've tried to train raptors. They tried to make them, you know, their own. They try to train them. And it's kind of symbolic of what happens when we try to do things our own way and we try to force our plan into God's and we try to coexist with the consequences instead of surrendering. So, guys, here's the deal. We have to remember that God works for the advancement of his kingdom. And in Matthew 6.33, he says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And what? Live righteously. He'll give you everything you need. Seek his kingdom above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything we need. So we have to remember that God works for the advancement of his kingdom. And when we put our lives in line with his, when we surrender and say, God, I want your plan above everything else. I have ideas for my Myself, I have ideas for my relationships. I have ideas for my family. I have ideas for my career. But I want yours above all else. Jesus says what? He will give us everything that we need. But he has a plan. And I've quoted it a million times in Colossians. He says that he created us to do the good works he planned in advance for us to do. He has good things in store for us. He has a great plan for your life. And sometimes we make choices. We feel like these consequences are chasing us down. But we have to surrender and say, Lord, I give it to you. I know you'll help me through these things. I know that I may have consequences for previous mistakes, but I know you can redeem these consequences. I know you can make these work out for good. And he'll do that. And guys, I can tell you, just from, from being a pastor and, and meeting people and seeing these things, God can take these things that we thought is just this horrible consequence, and he can redeem it and make it work for good if we will surrender. If we will just say, Lord, I just want your will above all, the, all else. God, I want it to work. And a lot of times, guys, when we try to do things our own way, we're really fighting against God's plan. We're fighting against him. We see in Acts chapter 5, I love this, because the, the apostles in the, in the book of Acts, they're sharing God's plan. You know, he's showing how God's kingdom was moving and they were trying to arrest all the apostles and put them in prison. And some they were trying to even put to death. And it says, one member of this council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law and was respected by all the people, he stood up and ordered that the men be sent outside, the apostles be sent outside the council chamber for a while. Listen to what he said. My advice is leave these men alone. Let them go. If they're planning and doing these things merely on their own, like if they're doing their own plans, it'll soon be overthrown. But if this is from God... You're not going to be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourself fighting against God. I love that. He said, if all this stuff, all this Jesus stuff is their own idea, it'll die out. But if it really is his plan, you're going to be fighting against God, and you're not going to win. And so many times, guys, we try to make things happen on our own instead of just surrendering, and it just doesn't work. Life just doesn't work that way. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. And I don't know if God's been speaking to you about some things in your own life, some things that you've been trying to do on your own. But guys, if we really want to have peace, if we want our lives to go well, if we want to really have God do some great things in us and through us, we have to learn to surrender. That's the word, surrender. Surrender to his dominion, to his rule. So I'm going to ask you, if you'll 
If you're physically able, would you stand this morning? Father, we just come this morning and we thank you that you are the one who's in control. You are the king. And you invite us to come along and work alongside you for your kingdom's good. And Lord, I know sometimes we can be so incredibly stubborn. We want things our own way. We have our own ideas. And I know many of us, our whole lives have been fighting against your rule. We, we wrestle back and forth. We'll surrender for a while and then we'll try to take it back. And we'll surrender and take it back. But Lord, I know you have good plans for each and every one of us. You love us so much. And you want our lives to fall in line with your plan. And Lord, would you help each and every one of us today to get to that point of surrender. Of saying, Lord, I want your will above everything else. I want your plan to happen in my life. Lord, I want your plan more than I want this career. I want your plan more than I want this relationship. Lord, I want your plan more than I want this stuff. Lord, I just want your will to be done in my life. I want your will to be done in my church family. I want your will to be done in my family, my relationships, my careers. Help us to get to that point. I'm going to ask each and every one this morning, if you would just close your eyes right where you're at. Just allow God to speak to you this morning. Those of you watching online, if you would just kind of close yourself in with the Lord. And if you're here this morning or you're watching online, you say, you know, Pastor Rex, I don't have a relationship with Christ. I've never asked him to forgive my sins. I've never surrendered my life to him, but I want to do that today. I want to start a relationship with him that's going to change my life forever. If that's you, would just slip your hand right where you're at. We're going to pray with you this morning. I'm going to ask you guys to, to pray this prayer with us all around this room. Everyone, let's just repeat this with us. With those that raise their hand, this is not something magical. This is just you talking to Jesus and saying that you want to surrender. The Bible says that we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We can be saved. We can be changed. So you just pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me, even when I didn't deserve it. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place. So I ask that you forgive me. I've made mistakes. I've sinned. Please forgive them all. Come into my life and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says he makes you a brand new person. All that stuff is washed away. And you're brand new. That's exciting. So if you prayed that prayer, would you catch me or Pastor Kenny, one of these up here? We would love, we've got a book we want to give you and just talk to you about this. If you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, I just need to surrender. <laughs> There's stuff in my life I need to give up. I've been trying to do things my own way, and I just really want to surrender to his plan. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at? I just, I really want to surrender. Father, I just pray for all these who raise their hands. Lord, would you help us to surrender our plans to you? It may be surrendering big things. It may be surrendering little small things. But, Lord, help us to give our lives completely to your care. Lord, if, if any of us are dealing with consequences, Lord, we give those to you as well and ask that you would redeem those. Would you bring good from those things? Would you use all of our lives for your plan, for your glory? In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close out with a song here. If you want to come up to the...